Psalm number three. The title or the introduction to it, a Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, There is no help for him in God, Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for Thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessings is upon Thy people. See law. So I thought about the Scripture in First Peter, where Peter said this, We are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in this last time, wherein you greatly rejoice. You know, there's a great rejoicing that we're kept by the power of God. There's a salvation yet to be revealed, the completeness of it. But you know, the rest of that verse was this, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. If need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, you, we could push that way out to the end when we're going to get to go to heaven. But let me ask you, will that help me through my trial of faith today? Do I need Jesus to appear in my trial of faith today? You think about the trials. Just just think a, a, a moment or two, and we'll look at the psalm. So David has been run out of Jerusalem, and his son has usurped authority as the king over Israel. Can you imagine a trial like that? That your own son would rise up in rebellion and with a desire to destroy him. But you know, think about the trials. Here was Abraham. Abraham had a trial. Can you imagine a greater trial than God telling you to take your son who was born to you at a hundred years old and to offer him on an altar to kill him and offer him to God? How about Jacob? I mean, Jacob had trials. Jacob went out and his brother, the last word he heard from his brother is he was going to kill him. Jacob went down to the brook Jabbok, 
put his wives across, his sons across, his daughter across, and there wrestled with a man all night. What a trial. And then, then later, Joseph is sold into Egypt and Jacob's, bro- uh, Jacob's sons come home and bring home a bloody garment and said, this must be Joseph's. Can you imagine that trial? Then Joseph is in Egypt and his sons come home and say, we can't go back to Egypt and get anything else to eat unless Benjamin goes with us. You know what he said? All these things are against me. Joseph, what about his trial? Sold by his brothers that hated him. Lied on by Potiphar's wife. Forgotten by the butler. And you know, as we read these stories, we think, man, these are great people. These are victorious people. Don't we think that way? I believe we think about the three Hebrew children. We think about Daniel, and we think, man, I'd like to be like them. Would you? Would you like to be like them? Would you like to be like Abraham or Jacob or Joseph or Daniel or Paul or Jesus? Would you like to be like them? We look at the end. That's what we see. We see the end, don't we? How about in the midst? Would we like to be, I'll say this, for our end to be like theirs? The middle will have to be like theirs as well. I, I believe that, you know, here is David. And you know, things things had gone well for David for quite a few years. David's not without trial. David had a trial with a bear. David had a trial with a lion. David had a trial for years with Saul. And then God established him in the kingdom. And there, were, I believe, were several years that things went smooth. It may be that way for us. But you know what's going to happen? Trial's coming. A trial is coming. So David, let's look in this situation. And listen to what the Bible says. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? How, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Job said, a few days and full of trouble. Isn't that right? Just a few days and full of trouble. How, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise against me. Is that true? Is there, are there going to be afflictions? Are there going to be trials? There's going to be. Is God faithful? He's always faithful. In the 34th Psalm, the psalmist said this, 34 and 19, Many 
And you listen to how this is worded. 34.19 Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of, all, out of them all. You know the one that made us righteous? Do you know that you had no righteousness without Him? That He's the one that brought you into being someone who could be called righteous by this Word of God. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, my Bible doesn't say delivered. It says delivereth. That's ongoing. Delivereth Him out of all of them. Lord, many, how are they increased that trouble them? Trouble me, many are they that rise up against me. In Psalm number 41 and verse 9, listen to these words. 41 and verse 9, Ronnie spoke about this a little bit, uh, or that was in. Uh, let, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant to speak on. 41.9 The Lord, David, writes this psalm, and I believe you can see Christ in it. Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. The Lord said something real similar to that when Judas rose up against him. Would Do you think that David would have ever thought that his own son would have rose up against him? You know, I don't believe he ever saw this coming. I don't believe that he could have ever prepared himself to see this coming. But he says this, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. You remember, you remember when Ronnie preached to us about silencing the voices? You remember that? And many times the voice is in us. But here, there's lots of voices, aren't there? By the Word of God, David is opposed with voices that says, you know, I mean, as I look around and I look at this situation in 2 Samuel, David has left Jerusalem. David has left the palace. David has left the ark. He sent it back. David has left the priesthood. He sent that back. David has left, and you know, you would think, if God's going to watch over me and God's going to protect me, surely He'll do it here in my home, here in my home city, here in the place where God dwells. But you know, David is left, has left Jerusalem and is headed up the mountain barefooted, weeping as he goes, and the voices are saying, God has forsaken him. The voices are saying, the Lord is going to destroy you, David. The voices are saying, you know, there's nothing in God left for him. I believe that the voices cried out and said, let's stone David to death. Let's get rid of David down at Ziklag. I believe that there his own men that he had fought with and labored with, uh, there were voices that said, 
God has forsaken him. Let's get rid of him. I mean, it looks like that God has surely left David. Uh, Absalom has come to power and David is forsaken by the family, by the friends, by the people. And David is climbing up the mountain weeping and going barefooted. And friend, the people and the voices are saying, God has forsaken him. Where do you go to find any encouragement like that? When your son has rose up against you, when all the voices say God's forsaking him, when he leaves Jerusalem and leaves the palace and leaves the kingship and he leaves all of that behind and the voices saying God's forgot about you. You think this man's in a trial? This man's in a trial. Many are they which say, there's the voices, there's no help. You know what's right here? Discouragers. That's what's here. Discouragers. Every way that he looks is someone to discourage him. You know, at Ziklag, the Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. There was no encouragement from his men. There was no encouragement from what he saw. The city was burned. His wives were gone. His children was gone. The men spake of stoning him. Where are you going to look? Where's David going to look? All the voices say, God, many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. You can't find any help with God. And you know something? The writer writes, Selah. So if it was music, there's a pause. There's a bird's eye. Uh, uh, there's a break. There's a long wait. Uh, what, what, what's, what do I need to do? Do I need to think this over? Do I need to go over this in my mind and in my heart? Do I need to, do I need to believe the voices? Do I need to believe that God is finished? Do I need to believe that there's no hope? Do I need to believe that the God that delivered me from the bear, from the lion, from Saul, put me into the kingdom? Do I need to believe that the God that said, I forgive you of your sin against with Bathsheba and killing Uriah? Do I need to believe that that God that said your sin is forgiven? Do I need to believe that that God has now forgotten me? Does He change? Does God change? God is immutable. God cannot change. Has God loved David from before the foundation of the world? He has. And He does. But all these voices, all of this that's going on, uh, uh, by, by all of this is great discouragement. But he says to us here in the Word of God, Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him and God. Matthew twenty-seven forty-three. Matthew twenty-seven forty-three. Listen to these words. See if they sound familiar. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he saith, I am the Son of God. Is David a Son of God? He is. Will God have him? Will God have him when all the voices say that he's washed up? 
Will God have him when all the voices say there's no hope? Will God have him when David has left the palace and left the kingdom and going up the mountainside and weeping as he goes in his head and friend his heart is dragging the ground and he's going up barefooted? He's not on a beast. He's not on a white horse. He's not on a mule. He's not got a great army with him. But I tell you what he does have. Though he's got discouragement, though he's got voices crying in his ear, though in his mind, and though all the voices say there's no God with you I'll tell you what David says David said I'm going to look to the Lord in spite of all that I hear in spite of all that he heard at Ziklag he encouraged himself in the Lord many there be that say of my soul there is no help for him in God there's no protection I mean, here is Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. Now you think for just a moment. Why did David leave? David could have called for his men and his armies and destroyed Absalom and all the followers. Why did Jesus hang on the cross? Why was He forsaken by God for me and for you? Why did David leave? I tell you, David left that mercy would be extended to Absalom. David left uh, that there wouldn't be some great amount of bloodshed down in Jerusalem. That's why he left. You can read that. You can read that in 2 Samuel about 14 through 17. Or 15 through 17. But I tell you, friend, here is the voices that are crying. I believe that he hears it by the Word of God. He said in his soul. In the soul, they say of my soul, there is no help help for God. No help of God for Him. All of this discouragement, all of these voices, and yet David David is climbing up the mountain and this is what the Bible said. There is no help for him in God. But Thou, O Lord, Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Thou, O Lord, God, You're my shield. You're the one. Lord, You're the one that delivers. You're the one that brings to pass. God, You're the one that is able to do when nobody else can do. I ask you, how in the world can David ever be recovered from this? How can he be recovered down at Ziklag? I tell you, it'll only be by the workings of God Almighty. Uh, friend, all hope is gone. Again and again and again, uh, friend, we see that man... I mean, you think about Jacob down there at the brook Jabbok and friend Esau's coming with 400 men and we think and we look and we see here Jacob comes out on the top but I ask you where was he at that night? Where was Joseph for close to 15 years in prison? Well, he's the prime minister. Well, I tell you, from 17 to 30, there's a big space right in there where everything that was and everything seemingly that you could look at was against him. But I read this over and over about Joseph. 
the Lord was with him. At Potiphar's house, the Lord was with him. In the prison house, the Lord was with him. Is the Lord with David? The Lord's with David. It may not look like it on the outside and all the voices say that God's forgot about him and God is forget- uh, 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 there's nothing else that God's going to do for him. He's done with you, David. He's done. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. You know what this is? I tell you, friend, this is God's opportunity a friend for him to show himself mighty, uh, to show himself to be great, uh, to show himself that David is still his servant, uh, that David is still going to be uh, sustained by God, and God is going to bring to pass his work, his will, in spite of the voices, in spite of a trial, in spite of it coming from his own son. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for, for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. You know why David's here? I tell you, he's here by the providence of God. He's here because God brought him to this place. He's here, a friend not to fall. He's not here to be destroyed. He's not here for God to forsake him. He's not here to pay for his sins. You can put all of those things aside. I'm not saying that there's not consequences for sin, but I'm saying unto you that Jesus Christ paid for my sin, paid for David's sin, and if you're saved, He paid for your sin, and you'll never ever pay for any of your sin. A friend, the only payment for sin is eternity in hell, and God has not forgotten, and David is not washed up. But thou, Lord, art a shield. Psalm 139, verse number 5. Listen to what the psalmist said. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. (laughs) You know what David said? Lord, you're my shield. Uh, God, and, and the picture, the picture is of a tough hide, and, and the illustration of it, uh, when you look it up, and you look it up in, in, in uh, Brown Drivers or Briggs, or you look it up in Strong's, or you look it up in Thur, it's an alligator hide. We're talking about something that can stop uh, the voices and can stop uh, the fiery darts of the wicked and can stop that. David said in the 139th Psalm, he said, Thou hast beset me behind and before. Thou hast laid Thy hand upon me. Uh, God, You're my protector. You're the one that's brought me thus far. You know why I am where I am? And You are where You are. By the grace of God, we're here today. Uh, For the man that's not in hell tonight, or this morning that's lost, lost and undone. Uh, You know why he's not in hell today? Because of the grace of God. Our friend David is going up the mountainside uh, weeping as he goes and his head's dragging the ground. And friend, he has no shoes on his feet. He's there by the providence of Almighty God. A friend that God uh, might write through him Psalm number 3 that you and I could be encouraged uh, when all the voices and all that within us and friend, even, even from places that we never ever thought would be true, trials come.
Lord, You're my shield. You're my protector. Thou art a shield for me. You didn't give me a shield. You are my shield. You are my shield. Thou art. Thou art a shield for me. My glory. You know what David's desire is? David's desire is to glorify God. You're my glory, God. Uh, Father, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. I mean, a young, the youngest of the sons of Jesse, a boy who is young and ruddy, and one who his brothers make fun of, and say, where's them little, where's that little group of sheep you're supposed to be with? And that same boy uh, goes out and fights the giant, a friend that Israel has been stopped by for 40 days and 40 nights, a friend David, a friend went out and fought a man that come out day after day after day and Israel fled and Saul fled and they hid in the ditches. This is the same man. The situation has changed but the man hasn't changed nor his God. It's another battle. It's another trial. It's got a different look to it. It's got a different feel to it. But it's still a trial. Thou art my shield. Thou, O Lord, but Thou, O Lord. The voices say, You're finished with me, Lord. But as I think on it, as I pause, as I look at my Selah, as I ponder on that, as I ponder on that, I say, Oh Lord God, You are my shield. Lord, You're the one that lifts my head up. You're the one, oh God, oh, that's my buckler. You're the one, oh God, that brought me where I am today. Oh, you're my glory. You're the glory of my life, Lord. If I go down, You'll be my glory. God, if I go down, I'll go down glory. Find you. If I go down, God, it'll be in a battle. It'll be in a fight. I will not give up. I'll look to you. You're my shield and my glory, and you're the one that lifts up my head. You think his head's been over? My God, his head has been over. Weeping as he goes. 2 Samuel chapter 15 through 17. Are we going to be bent over? Psalm 38, verse 6. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. Psalm 42, verse 5. This is what I was thinking about, what Ronnie preached. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. David said, Lord, Your hand's been on me. 
God, you set me before and behind and you laid your hand on me. I tell you, friend, that same God is right here in Psalm number 3 when His own Son rose up against Him and when all the voices said, God's forsaken you and God's done with you, uh, David said, oh, let me think on that a minute. Let me think. Oh, it looks like it. It looks like my own son, my own firstborn, my oldest son has rose up against me. It looks like that God has forsaken me. All the voices say that God has forsaken me. But let me think about that a minute. I'm going to think on that and I'm going to remember the God that brought me where I am. I'm going to remember the God who is my shield. I'm going to remember the God who is my glory. I'm going to remember that He is the one when my head's been dragging the ground before. When I was running from Saul. When I was in the cave. When nobody assault my soul. When they wanted to kill me down at Ziklag. Oh God, you raised my head up. He can raise our head up. When nobody else can raise our head up, He can. I tell you what happens. Selah. Instead of pondering on what God can do, instead of pondering on what God has done, instead of pondering on the immutability of God, all we can think about is the situation. But David thought on it a few minutes, and I believe this is true. I believe Absalom rose against him. I believe he was weeping going up the mountain. I believe he was barefoot. I believe he sent the ark back. He sent the priest back. He said, if God see fit to bring me back to Jerusalem, so be it. I'll come back and I'll worship. Well, I want to tell you this, friend. He did get to come back and worship at Jerusalem. But praise God, he got to worship before he got back. I read this. Abraham said, we're going to worship. He's going to kill his own son. He said, we're going to worship. You just keep listening to the voices. There'll be no worship. There'll be no glory for the Lord. There'll be no lifting up of our head. We'll go right on with our head dragging the ground and our tail dragging our tracks out. David's not that man. I tell you, David's a man after God's own heart. And David is a man who remembers how God has delivered. David is a man in spite of you know the worst, one of the worst catastrophes that ever was, in my opinion. A friend, one of the greatest blunders that ever was. I was for ten men, or twelve men, to go over and look at Canaan's land. That was one of the greatest catastrophes that's ever been. I tell you, David's not looking at the situation, and you and I best not look at the situation and look at the trial and think, well, God's forgot me. That's the voices. That's what the voices say. God's for God. God's going to leave you. God's never going to see you through. I'll tell you, David encouraged himself in the Lord. We'd like to be like Job. We'd like to be like Daniel. 
We'd like to be like Joseph. We'd like to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We'd like to be like Jacob. We'd like to skip the middle of the book, though, wouldn't we? We'd like to skip the trial. The trials, what makes you want to be like that? The trials, what gives glory to God? When nobody else bowed, when nobody, and I mean that spiritually, nobody else, nobody else bowed down to God. They all bowed down to the image that Nebuchadnezzar set up. Well, I'll tell you, there was three boys there. And I don't know where Daniel was at this moment in time, but the Bible does give us this description. There were three men there that did not bow to Nebuchadnezzar. They bowed to God, and God provided Himself as a shield, as a, as a glory, and friend, the lifter up of their heads. You're going down. Isn't that what Nebuchadnezzar said? You're going down. Who is this God that shall deliver you from my hand? Now I want to ask you a question. How will Nebuchadnezzar ever know about this God without the trial? How will you... How will I, how will Jacob, how will Joseph, how will Job ever know the greatness and the glory and the grace and being the lifter up of our head without the trial? It's never going to happen. It is never going to happen. But through the trial... For Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. Lord, You're the source. You're the one that lifts my head up. You're the one that brought any... If there's any glory in my life, it's because of You. Now I want you to notice this. Verse number 3. He's praising God. Is He not praising God? He praises God long before he ever starts praying in verse number 4. Isn't that right? You know what Jehoshaphat did? They was headed after war. You know what he thought then? Why, he cried and prayed and got all the army and everybody he could get to... I'll tell you what he did. He put the singers out front. This is what the Bible says in uh, Philippians chapter number 4. Paul said this, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. <laughs> I ask you this. You think the Lord's at hand in Psalm number 3? Is the Lord at hand? Is the Lord at hand in Daniel chapter number 2 or 3 where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing before Nebuchadnezzar? Is the Lord at hand? Listen to what the Bible says. Philippians chapter number 4, verse number, verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. 
Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know what David's got before a request? Before supplication? He's got thanksgiving. I believe that David is praising God in verse number 3 before he ever starts calling on God in verse number 4. I believe that would be good. You know, I believe if I could remember what God has done for me. I believe if I could remember that He's been my shield. I believe if I could remember that He doth deliver me. That He delivereth. That He is the one ongoing. That He is the glory. And He is the lifter up of my head. Have you ever, have your head ever drugged the ground before? Have have you ever been discouraged before? Have you ever had a zigzag before? Have you ever met a lion before? Have you ever met a bear before? Have you ever had to run from your own familiar friend? Has the king ever rose up against you? Has Saul ever pursued you day after day after day? I'll tell you this, friend. God help us to give thanks for what He's already done. Preacher, it's so discouraging. You think this man ain't discouraged? His own son that he loves enough to die for. That he will come off of the throne for. That he would rather be humiliated and humbled to the, I mean to the bottom, rather than to shed the blood you talk about a man that's humble. Here's a man that's humble. Here's a man that can come down. Here is a man that's not too great, not too big, not too mighty, though he's slain the greatest giant. Though he had four more stones in there, for maybe for Goliath's brothers. Though he is a man that ran from Saul year after year after year. Though he's that man, he is still a man that's not too great to come down and humble himself before God. He knows God's his shield. He knows that God's his glory. He knows that God has lifted his head up. And verse number 4, he said... He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. You know what's going on here? I tell you, David is crying out to God, not only, not out of his heart only. I tell you, there's a weeping going on. Uh, there is something coming out of the heart of this man uh, that other people can hear as he's going up the mountain. Don't you imagine they're hearing David pray? Uh, don't you imagine he's climbing the mountain uh, barefooted, a uh, friend and looking like a, a, a little whip puff? Uh, don't you imagine they heard David praying and crying out unto God? I want you to look. I want you to look how little king is. Let me ask you this. How big are you in the sight of God? You may be big in the sight of other men. You may be big in the sight of other women. And you may be big in this world. But I ask you today, are you too big and too great and too mighty a friend to humble yourself down before God? David's not. David comes down, though he's the king. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me 
out of his holy hill. Selah. Let me ponder on that a minute. Where's David? Well, he's not in Jerusalem. He's not down at the house of God. He's not down there where the ark is. He's going up the mountainside, weeping as he's going barefooted, and friend, a few followers going with him, and friend, he's left the palace, and left his kingship, and left all of that behind, but he said, God heard me out of his pavilion. God heard me out of the holy hill. God heard me. Where does God hear us? I tell you, friend, it doesn't matter to God whether you're in Jerusalem or down at the church house. I tell you what matters. What matters is where is it coming from and is it reaching unto God? You might say, well, well, He sent the ark back and He's left Jerusalem. And the truth is, Think with me. Which way is he facing? He left Jerusalem, right? Is not Jerusalem to his back? Are the windows open toward Jerusalem literally? No, but I tell you, he's got a heart. He's got a heart that's open toward Jerusalem. He's got a heart that's open to the dwelling place of God. He's got a heart that's humble. And you know what he said? He said, this is the man that God will hear. A man who has a broken heart and a broken and a contrite spirit. God won't turn that man away. God will hear that man. I tell you, David's in a place where God can hear him. I believe his back's toward Jerusalem. But God heard him. Maybe it don't help you any. I'm sorry that it don't. But what wonderful words. What great words. What a trial that this man is in. And he wrote it down to help me and to help you. Isn't it wonderful that he thought on us? I believe this is a greater trial than the bear. A greater trial than the lion, a greater trial than the king and all of his army pursuing him and trying to kill him. I believe this is a greater trial than all of that. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and He heard me. (laughs) Out of His holy hill, Selah, Let me ponder now. God has heard my prayer. God has heard me, though my back is to Jerusalem. Though all the voices say, God's forgotten you, He heard me. What does that bring? Verse 5. I laid me down and tossed and tumbled and wrestled all night. Is that what your Bible says? I believe many, 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 many be the time that we lay down and we don't sleep. David said, I laid me down and slept. God heard me. 
I heard the voices, God, but I thought on what you had done. I praise you because you're my shield, you're my glory, and you're the lifter up of my head. And I prayed and I begged you, God, to help me. And oh Lord, you heard me. Out of your holy hill, you heard me. And God, I needed rest. And oh God, I laid me down and slept. He's got peace inside. He's got rest spiritually. Where is He? Now you think where He is. He's outside of the walls of Jerusalem. He ain't laying on His bed. He don't have a guard around Him. He's laying out in the middle of nowhere. He's laying out in the middle of the wilderness. He's laying out on the side of the mountain. He's laying out where the enemy is after Him. He's laying right out in the middle of all of that. And He said, I laid me down and slept. How can He do that? I'll tell you because His soul is at peace. His soul is at rest. God has heard His prayer. God is His glory, His shield, and He is the lifter up of His head. I believe between verse number 4 and verse number 5, David's head has been lifted up. And friend, His head has been lifted up and He's glorified God and God has heard His prayer and God has done something in David's heart and He said, I laid me down outside of the walls. I laid me down out in the cold. I laid me down where the enemy was all around me. I laid me down when I had no guard. I laid me down when all the voices were crying. I laid me down and praised God. I slept. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Psalm 121, verse 4. Behold, look, take notice. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall... Is David Israel? Is David a part of Israel? The real Israel. He is, isn't He? He that keepeth Israel shall neither sleep nor slumber. Slumber. Slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by the day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. I ask you this, friend. You know why David can lay down and sleep? Because the Lord never sleeps and never slumbers. Praise God, He's on guard. You've got a guard up and sleeping. You've got no protection. David's got a guard that does not sleep. He does not slumber. And friend, I'll tell you what he's going to do. He's going to sleep. I laid me down and slept. I waked. 
for the Lord has sustained me. The Lord bore me. The Lord upheld me. The Lord supported me. The Lord that I leaned on. The Lord that I rested on. The Lord that I laid on. The Lord that preserved me. He sustained me. I awoke. He could have slept the sleep of death, couldn't he? No guard, no palace, out in the middle of the wilderness, in the midst of his enemies. He's got rest. He's got peace. He's got something down in his heart. God has lifted his head up off the ground. God has lifted him from his despondency, and it was all God. Great trial, and thank God, a great deliverance. I will not be afraid. I'm not going to deal with this. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me. Arise, O Lord, save me. You can read that in the book of Numbers, chapter number 10 and verse number 35. I tell you what happened. God said, Moses, get the ark and head out. Moses said, Arise, O Lord, and scatter your enemies. I laid me down and slept. <laughs> 